Welcome to another episode of One of One. I am here with the lovely Maddie Lieber today. Maddie, how are you? I am doing great. How are you? Doing great. I'm very impressed by the sun in Seattle that is behind you. I've never seen such a thing. I feel like I'm in a hologram. Yep. This is how we catfish people in. They come to visit over the summer and then they end up with nine months of gray and they're very displeased. And then they end up working for Bezos. Exactly. Yep. And then you end up at one of the fan companies and it's just uphill or downhill from there, depending on what your stance is. Just drinking really dark coffee at really dark times. Exactly. There's. I saw somebody who had a t-shirt that was um, rain, coffee, weed, and that was all. And then on the back, it just said Seattle. So that's where we are. That sounds about right. In California, it's just weed. Yeah, it's just sunshine and weed. Sunshine and weed. All right. So first off, for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about Crypto Chicks and Women Labs. Definitely. So um, Crypto Chicks was one of the very early women PFP projects. Uh, so the first collection dropped in May of 2021, the second collection in September. And it's all focused on basically empowering and supporting women throughout their Web3 journeys. And when we, my business partner and I took over the project in February of this year, we wanted to lean into that mission a little bit more. And I think kind of grow it from just an NFT collection to a full ecosystem um, that has like some more comprehensive programming, uh, particularly working with a lot of brands and organizations that are interested in getting into this space. So a lot of work going on there. Um, and I think trying to build kind of like a sustainable global brand here instead of just a small pocket of the NFT community. All right. So it's it's about taking that brand, transcending it more so to when the next hundred million people will be onboard onto the space and, and, you know, for mass adoption, essentially. Exactly. And one of the things that I say is, um, you know, we need to make the space more accessible and easily approachable, but then we also need to make it really engaging and exciting. We need to make it easy for people to get in, but somewhere where they want to stay and actually hang out. Um, and so one of the ways that I see us being able to do that is by partnering with brands, organizations, names that people know, love and trust already, um, creating, you know, easy onboarding experiences for people, but then also active engagements that make them really excited to continue to participate, grow, learn, collect, um, and engage in the space. That's interesting. I mean, what, what would you, what role would you see crypto chicks playing in the NFT and crypto space as a whole? any new industry or ecosystem, you need a group of people or resources um, that you feel, you know, like psychologically safe with, that you enjoy spending time around. And that's what the Crypto Chicks community and project has kind of become, where it's almost like a one-stop shop for people to say, oh, you know, like, I don't know what's going on in the different metaverse platforms lately. Let me go check in with Crypto Chicks. Or, um, you know, I'm really interested to see what brands are moving in this space and what digital wearables could even really look like. Let's see what crypto chicks is doing with that so i think there are some opportunities to kind of be that like one-stop shop first place that people head over to when they're figuring out where else they should go off and explore would you say that there's been a big difference in how the space has evolved as it pertains to women in the space since you guys launched in september there are women. There are just not that many of them. And the industries are trying to play catch up right now where they're trying to kind of backpedal and be intentional about building programs and pipelines that support getting women involved. But we have a really interesting opportunity right now to build a lot of that in at the forefront and be significantly more inclusive and get more women involved in the get-go so that rather than playing catch-up and having to retroactively put you know systems and processes in place we can just do that from the beginning it's almost like a double uphill battle right one of the interesting things is 
everyone's really interested in having like women in web three panels where you just talk about the fact that you are a woman in web three. Instead, we should be looking at women on web three panels where you should make sure that there's diverse representation on the topics that you're already talking about. Because the truth of the matter is everyone who's involved has expertise and experience in a different vein. And it's just colored by the fact that they are a woman in this space, it means that they have more to talk about than just the fact of their, you know, gender identity. Um, but if you highlight women just for the sake of being women, then you're probably like not doing the best that you can. But if you're highlighting women because you're doing a gaming panel and you want to make sure that there's diverse representation, that's like the right thing to do. Can you talk about any stereotypes that you've dealt with at all or any sort of criticism? One of the things that we see time and time again is people saying like, don't dumb things down or pinkify things for women and girls. And it's true, right? Where women and girls don't need to use only the example of a luxury handbag to understand why NFTs or the blockchain are a good upcoming technology innovation. There are a lot of people whom that will resonate with. And so it's important for there to be examples for people who love fashion, but that's not the only thing, right? And so other people will want to dive into the DeFi infrastructure or what NFTs could mean in real estate. And those are the things that will get them more excited. Um, so I think that trying to move away from the stereotypes that women are more traditionally like only interested in fashion or creative pursuits and understanding that just because of your gender identity, it doesn't mean that you don't care about like deep technology or the opportunities that VR brings to the med tech space um, and making sure that your examples are inclusive for people of all different backgrounds rather than more like stereotypical. I just think, I also think a lot more men need to be a part of this conversation. Yeah. And not just like, you know, it's not the the special 110% or the 10% on top of your 100% job, right? You're not just contributing to a women organization, you're thinking about my business and how can I hire more women to be involved and get them in positions that mean financial opportunities for them. Actually, so I'm I'm really interested in your Web2 background because I obviously I do a lot in the Web2 space as well, bringing brands from Web2 into Web3. So you worked at Google and what we now call Meta. I don't know if it was Facebook at the time you were there, but um, could you tell us more about that? How'd you go from the Web2 to Web3? I loved working at both companies. I'm one of those people who does not hate big tech that's in Web3. I feel like we're a small minority these days, but I had a fantastic experience. You get to work on really important problems with important people who are doing really, really interesting things. It is a different ball of wax, right? You're still working for a huge company, even though they act like some of the biggest startups in the world. It's still like pretty bureaucratic and administrative, um, but they're interested in working in impactful spaces. And for me, one of the things that I was doing before I left was working on our women in product organization at Meta, turbocharging that, thinking about how do we support and retain um, women in product and tech-oriented roles. I absolutely loved it. You know, you're getting to work with some early adopters, like super kick-ass women leaders in tech, um, and building programs that meaningfully change people's lives in terms of like staying in the jobs that they like, being promoted, finding opportunities for mobility within the company. And because of my Web3 passions, I just started talking to people about it, started building out our women in Web3 org internally. So I started, you know, just diving into Web3 women-centric communities and spending more and more and more of my time there until finally a full-time opportunity opened up. And I was like, I need to take this. I'll wonder what if forever if I don't. So here we are. Do you think those companies are entering the space the right way? I think they're struggling a little bit and I think it makes sense why. And why is that? Facebook and Mark are, or Meta, 
really is looking at this in like the 10 year horizon time, which I think is pissed off some of the investors, but is the very right- social. It's yeah, it's very much about connectivity. And the mission for Facebook has always been like, let's make the world's biggest living room and make it easy for people to interact. They're just taking that from a social platform to basically like a social experience. What they're investing in and bringing to the mainstream is really important. And even when when Facebook changed its name to Meta in October, search results shot up like 3000%. And so things like this do matter for bringing about broader adoption, figuring out how to bring the web two audience over into web three without ostracizing the existing web three native group is going to be a struggle. And I think that's where you see a lot of the tension right now, but somebody like Disney, for example, they're doing, I would say a really great job with this. They started building out programs to support existing web three and metaverse oriented companies that are more like grassroots crowdfunded started by natives rather than creating their own. They could very easily create their own studio, but instead they're supporting some of the VR endeavors of smaller companies. And I think that's great. hundred percent. I mean, so I'm actually curious to get your opinion on this. And and if you agree with me, obviously you'll, you'll, you'll be right. And if you don't, <laughs> I'd be curious to, to see, you know, what your first mistake was. Um, so I have this controversial opinion that Web3, as we know it, as it is described, is impossible. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think we are going to end up at a Web 2.5. Totally. Okay, so we're in agreement, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I tell okay, everybody so that. That was moot. There's no argument there. Yeah. There's a really interesting article that I will pull up and you can include in show notes. I'll find it. But it it kind of goes through this thought exercise of is there truly a company or web three solution that's working on something that is a problem that was not created by web three. And so we need to start thinking about web three solutions for problems in the normal working world, right? Or the normal like normie population rather than focusing on web three solutions for problems that web three ers have created for ourselves in the web three ecosystem. And what's going to end up happening is it's going to be a blending, right? There's no way where we do a hundred percent shift. So I think the web 2.5 um, example is, is a really great one where, you know, there's always going to be a, a group, a part of the population that's like a little bit behind same thing right now where there's a lot of people who still use cable. hundred percent. So we are in agreement. So Web 2.5 it is. Yeah. Uh, it's been really lovely to have you. Thank you. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation. And thank you so much for doing this. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, no, I think this has been a super interesting conversation. The, I guess the main takeaway I would ask for people is, you know, think about what brands and organizations you would want to see joining Web3 and then in the metaverse and encourage them, right? Like go on their socials, go on the existing channels, meet them where they are and encourage them to start exploring because those messages, like people actually read them and that changes people's digital strategy. And then that meaningfully changes adoption. So people can really raise their hand and influence where the space is going just by engaging and being proactive. Thank you so much again for your time. I'm sure this won't be our last conversation and really appreciate everything you're doing. Definitely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.